Welcome, my true crime roadies. I'm your host, Angela Baum, along with my husband, Larry, and this is Trucking True Crime Podcast, a true crime show where we focus on true crime stories that happen within the trucking industry. But don't worry, you don't need to know anything about the trucking industry to listen and enjoy the show. You just need to be a fan of true crime. And if that's you, then welcome inside. As a reminder, if you'd like to learn more about our life over the road as team truck drivers, you can listen to our other podcast, Married to the Road, where we share our lives over the road and stories along the way with our three furry dogs. As a reminder, our podcast discusses true crimes and murders. This is not a show for the faint of heart, and this is not intended for young audiences. Welcome back, all my trekking true crime fans. I am so thrilled you decided to join us. I am your host, Angela Baum. I'm a full-time truck driver with a passion for true crime. So I decided to put my two loves together, true crime and trucking, to create this podcast. Before we get on with today's case, if you could please give us a five-star rating wherever you are listening to our podcast at. Also, please be sure to visit Trucking True Crime Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Before we get started talking about today's case, I did want to warn our audience that today we're going to be dealing with a case of sexual and horrible physical abuse of a young child. This may be very hard to listen to, so listeners, be warned. Today we're going to be discussing the story of Alfred Borges and how he found out later on in life that he had fathered a little girl. He fought to get custody of her, and in just 30 days, she would be found dead in a horrific way. Before we get to that, though, we need to learn about Alfred, who he was, what made him tick, and what turned him into one of the worst monsters I've ever heard of before. Have you ever been interested about what all it takes to be a truck driver out here, delivering the goods all across America? Or more importantly, what is it like being a team trucker out here with your significant other 24 hours a day in a small confined space, working together, eating together, sleeping together, you name it. If you've ever been curious about the trucking industry, please listen to Larry and I's other podcast, Married to the Road. Again, that's married, the number two, the road. Please be sure to give it a listen today and don't forget to hit that follow button. Hey, all my trucking true crime podcast lovers, don't forget to stop by and visit our new merchandise shop. We just added a ton of new adorable designs for all of our true crime lovers. We have everything from children's apparel to t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, tote bags, coffee cups, wine tumblers, water bottles, and so much more. And don't forget, all proceeds that we raise through our merchandise shop go directly back to our Treat a Trucker program. So every time you make a purchase through our shop, our 
proceeds go directly to Treat a Trucker, where we gift a trucker for being out there on the road, sacrificing time away from their family with a free meal. So please be sure to look in our links and visit our merchandise shop today and check out all the new Trucking True Crime Podcast apparel that we just added. Alfred was born in 1964 and he was raised in southern Louisiana. He was one of seven children. Growing up, Alfred never knew who his father was and he never really had a part in his life. According to interviews that I watched with Alfred's siblings, he did not have an easy life growing up to say the very least. It seems his mother, for whatever reason, singled out Alfred amongst all the siblings. She was not affectionate with him. She did not want anything to do with him. And out of all of his siblings, he was the only one that was abused by his own mother. Alfred's siblings said that there was little they could do to try to help Alfred from their mother's abusive ways. A kind older neighbor named Miss Mary took pity on poor Alfred growing up in that type of home. She grew to love Alfred as her own son. She even opened up her doors to Alfred at a very young age and allowed him to live with her, and she raised him as her very own son. Now, Miss Mary wanted to make sure that Alfred had a good foundation growing up, so she made sure that he attended church regularly and sang in the gospel choir. Miss Mary did everything she could to help ensure that Alfred had a normal and loving childhood. Still growing up for Alfred had even more hurdles. In his elementary years, he was held back a couple of times due to a combination of factors. One, Alfred tended to be very social, socially awkward, and then he also had documented low IQ scores. He also had an inability to be able to follow even the simplest of directions. So in other words, he could not understand when people would try to give him directions or orders. He just couldn't follow simple tasks. During his time living with Miss Mary, he had to watch his siblings growing up right next door with his own mother in what seemed like a loving home. There were times where Alfred would want to go over to visit his siblings and his own mother would shoo him away. Now I have to say, as much as I personally despise Alfred, because let's face it, I know how this story ends. I do have to say that my heart really, truly did break when I heard what a horrible childhood he had. No child should have to go through that. I cannot imagine having a child wanting nothing to do with him to the point that when he came to my own house, I slammed the front door in his face, literally. My heart just broke when I heard this from his siblings sharing these horrific stories of the abuse that his mother put upon him. Despite Alfred's incredibly hard childhood, he was able to hold normal conversations with people, and he was even able to graduate high school. Shortly after graduating high school, he did go on to marry his first wife. Now, there's not a lot of documented information about his first marriage other than to say that they did have a child together. But shortly after the birth of their child, the two did divorce. 
Alfred was not involved in this child's life, but did continue to pay child support to his ex-wife. A few years later, he met and fell in love with another lady who wound up being his wife, whose name was Robin. Eventually, the couple would go on to have two children of their very own. It was also at this time that Alfred began a career as a long-haul truck driver, often being gone for weeks at a time to provide for his young family. According to everything I read, it seemed that <clears throat> Alfred figured that trucking would be a good way to provide a good income for his family. Now, between late 1998 and early 1999, Alfred began to have an affair with a woman that he met while he was over the road named Katrina Harrison. By October of 1999, Katrina would wound up giving birth to a little girl named Jacaran. Now, it seems at the point that she gave birth that the affair had, the affair had come to an end as Alfred had no knowledge that Katrina was even pregnant, let alone that she had given birth to his child. It was not until two years later when he ran into a friend over the road and his friend told him that Katrina, who at that point was living in Livingston, Texas with her mom, had given birth to his daughter. Alfred was shocked to say the very least that he had a child and knew nothing about it. So in April of 2002, Alfred decided to take Katrina to court to demand a paternity test to see if he actually was the father of Jacaran. In May, when they went back to court and had the DNA results read, it was proved that indeed Alfred was the biological father of two-and-a-half-year-old Jacaran. While in court, they decided that they need to set up child support arrangements for Alfred now that it was proven that he truly was the father of Jacaran. Not wanting to pay any additional child support, Alfred began to try every trick in the book that he could come up with. <clears throat> First, he said he wanted to petition for full custody of the child so that he could get out of paying for child support. But the judge immediately denied this as there was no proof that Katrina was an unfit mother and that Alfred should be assigned full custody. Next, Alfred even went so far as to bring in his niece and had her get up on the stand to say that she was Alfred's daughter and that she was dying of kidney failure. And due to this, Alfred could not financially afford to pay any additional child support. But unfortunately, this was also proven to be false. Finally, the court ordered that Alfred was to pay child support monthly to Katrina in the amount of $175 per month, and that Alfred would be given seven weeks of visitation every summer. And here's where the shocker comes in. His visitation was scheduled to start the very next day. The next day! <clears throat> this poor little girl had never even met her father and yet the court had set up seven weeks of visitation to start the very next day. I want to pause here for a minute and just say that I was flabbergasted listening to this. I know that in today's society, no court in their right mind would subject a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl to have to go with a complete stranger for seven weeks. And I couldn't believe that they did this to this little girl. I feel like this little girl was not taken care of from the very beginning of all this. But anyway, the very next day, Alfred 
his niece, and Jacaron set off to head back to southern Louisiana so that he could take her back to his family's home. Katrina's family testified that when Jacaron left that day, she was a happy, healthy little girl in perfect health. A few days after arriving in Louisiana, some of Alfred's family and friends came over so that they could have a little get-together so they could finally meet Jacaron. One of the friends noticed while changing Jacaron's diaper that there was a little bit of blood in her diaper. Concerned, the friends suggested that maybe they call the police that maybe she had been that maybe she had been abused while in the care of her mother Katrina. <clears throat> so Robin and Alfred made the call to the CPS of Texas and also the police, and they suggested that maybe Jacaron had been sexually abused while with her mother. And also they said that Katrina had been living with a registered sex offender at the time. So in other words, they were insinuating that maybe the sex offender had sexually abused Jacaron. However, after having a hospital investigation, the doctor on call said that the blood in her diaper was simply due to an irritating exterior rash that she had that was going on in her diaper area. The doctor also stated that at the time, Jacaron had no vaginal penetration. So no charges were ever filed due to this situation. But CPS did conclude that they did feel that Alfred and Robin both had made an initial phone call as a false claim and to be vindictive. And this was notated in their case with CPS. It wasn't long before Alfred started to become very territorial over his own daughter, Jacaron. Even going so far as to kick his own wife, Robin, out of their marital bed. He would then go to sleep at night with both his young daughter and his newest daughter, Jacaron, every night. It would be just the three of them alone in the bedroom every night with the door locked. Why Robin, his wife, at this point did not report this drives me absolutely batshit crazy. I don't care how much you love your husband. If he kicks you out of your own bed and instead invites your two daughters to share his bed, you have to know that something funny is going on. And as a mother herself, she should have been there to protect those little girls. But instead, she did nothing, and she just allowed this to go on in her own house. In the past, Alfred had been known to take his family out with him during the summer months on his semi-truck. And I do have to pause for a moment and say, we see this a lot in the summertime when we're out driving our trucks. We see families out here all the time, and I say it is awesome. I love seeing all my trucker friends bringing their families out here with them because I think it gives them an opportunity for their wives and kids to really see what the trucking industry is about. So I thought that at least that part was pretty cool. So they decided to take, they were known to take a little family time. <clears throat> Let the family see the country a little bit and also get a chance to really experience what life was like over the road as a truck driver. So on May 28th, 2002 when Alfred again decided to take some of his family over the road again it was nothing out of the ordinary until that morning that Alfred announced that he was going to start the trip with just him and his two daughters and his wife Robin could meet up with them in a few weeks on the road okay I'm sorry but what 
Again, I sit here shaking my head. Robin knows something funny is probably going on with Alfred and his two young daughters, and yet she allows him now to take the two girls unsupervised on a road trip in his semi-truck with his young children. Also, there was never, nothing ever docu documented that I could find, but I often wondered if Robin herself was a victim of physical abuse from Alfred, and maybe that is a real reason why she did not stand up for those two little girls and tell him, hell no, you're not taking our kids on the road unsupervised. So Alfred started his trip <clears throat> with him and the two young girls, and it is now that things really start to take a turn for the worse for little Jacaren. Because now she was alone on the truck with her siblings with no adult to try to step in and protect her from her own father's abuse. Oftentimes when Alfred would be at a business location getting loaded or unloaded, he would tell his fellow truck drivers that the reason he had the kids with him was that their mother was a drug addict and that he had to step in as a father to save his kids from her. So he was doing what all fathers would do and stepping up to raise the kids. I'm sure truckers everywhere heard his bleeding heart story and were thinking, wow, this is an amazing father really stepping up to the plate. If only they knew the real horror happening behind those truck doors. During the time on the truck, Alfred decided that he was going to start to potty train Jacaren so he didn't have to continually change her diaper. So he went out and bought her a toddler potty chair. This potty chair would be used as a torture device as Alfred would tie little Jacaren to her potty chair for hours upon hours at a time. Oftentimes she would fall asleep on her potty chair from sheer exhaustion. In later interviews with Jacaren's siblings who were on the truck, we learned that Alfred had a horrible temper, often lashing out at Jacaren for no real reason at all. They said that if Jacaren would have a little accident, that Alfred would take her and often beat her, smacking her upside her head or knocking her into the dashboard of the truck. He also was known to hit her with extension cords and one time he beat her so hard with his belt that he actually broke the belt buckle off of his belt completely. But the abuse did not stop there. It got so bad that Alfred actually started using women's makeup on her face to try to hide the bruising. Then he also would make her wear dark sunglasses while they were out in public to try to hide her black eyes. And if anyone would ever notice her bruising, he would simply just tell the people that she had been involved in a horrible car accident. And yet again, no one reported the signs of abuse to authorities. I'm sorry, but there is so many opportunities in this story for somebody to have stepped in and done something. If I saw a little girl whose face was all bruised up, who was wearing sunglasses, you better believe I would have called the authorities. I just don't understand why nobody stepped in and reported him. At this point, Robin finally joined Alfred and the kids for their over-the-road adventure. Now this time it seems that they did spend some fun daily time together, staying at hotels and swimming. 
Now, I personally would have hoped at this point that Ja'Karen would have had a little bit of fun herself, but sadly, that was not the case. The abuse that the little girl was suffering did not stop with Robin arriving. During this time, Alfred decided to take it upon himself that he was going to teach Ja'Karen how to swim. But the way he went about doing it was so, so wrong. His children said that he would literally take her little body and throw her into the deep end of the pool. Little Ja'Karen would sink to the bottom of the pool. Then he would finally go down and get her after it had been to the point where she had been down there for over a minute. These swim lessons would sometimes last up to 30 minutes. When she wouldn't swim to the top of the pool himself, he would eventually jump into the pool and bring her back to the surface. On one occasion, though, she drank so much chlorinated water that her poor stomach was so bloated they said she was barely able to walk for a few days and was in agonizing pain. Sadly, her abuse just continued during their family summer vacation with Alfred putting out lit cigarettes on her skin. He would also take lighters and burn the bottoms of her feet. And if that was not bad enough, he would then take his fingernails into those burn marks on the bottom of her feet and create open wounds. Supposedly, the family also took a trip or two to the beach, and his awful swim lessons continued there as well. But at the beach, he instead, instead of throwing Ja'Karen's body into the water, he would just hold Ja'Karen's head down under the water in an effort to teach her how to swim. Okay, how is a child supposed to learn how to swim when her head is being held underwater? I don't get it. During this whole family vacation time, he was sending postcards back home to Ja'Karen's mom, Katrina, from areas like Disneyland and Graceland and saying how little Ja'Karen was having the time of her life seeing the country. Of course, we know that this could not have been further from the truth. Instead, little Ja'Karen was experiencing the worst torture on earth. On June 22nd, the family had to head back to Louisiana for a little bit to take care of a few bills. On the drive back, Alfred opened up to his wife, Robin, that he had been secretly wanting to kill his own daughter, Ja'Karen. Now, at this point, you would expect that if you hear from your husband that he wants to kill his own daughter, I think any normal person would have done the right thing, freaked out, and hopefully called the authorities. But from what we have seen from the past of Robin's behavior, I guess when she did nothing, we really shouldn't have been surprised. But what actually shocked me is that when Alfred disclosed his desires to his wife, Robin, she instead encouraged him by saying, well, how would you do it? So Alfred disclosed that he had been secretly fantasizing about throwing little Ja'Karen out of his truck window running over her body with his semi-truck, then taking his family to a local truck stop and pretending to stop for snacks and fuel. And then from there, at the truck stop, they would call the authorities and report that his daughter had been kidnapped. When the police would show up to do their investigation, they would find somewhere his daughter's, da- his daughter's body along the side of a highway run over 
and they would simply think that it was due to the kidnapper and not Alfred. On June 24th, Alfred called his sister and he left a very cryptic phone voicemail and said that she had better have her black dress ready, that she may need it very soon. He then said in his message that he was in a very dark place and was going through a really difficult time in his life right now. On June 26, the family finally made it back to their home in Louisiana. When they arrived in the mail, Alfred received a letter from the courthouse telling him that he owed over $560 in back child support on little Jacaron. This message sent Alfred into a horrific rage. To punish Jacaron for the mail that he received, he allowed his family to go inside of their home in the comfort of the air conditioning but left his two-year-old daughter in the cab of his semi-truck in the middle of summer in Louisiana with the windows down all night. So the whole family was inside nice and cool and poor little Jacaron was left inside of a heated semi-truck cab. On June 27th, the very next day, the family left the family home and made it to Corpus Christi Naval Station. He was supposed to do a pickup here. As Alfred was backing his truck up to the dock, little Jacaron, who at that point was tied on her potty chair, accidentally fell over onto her side onto the floorboard. Now when she fell over, human waste from inside of her potty chair spilled out all over the floorboard onto the semi-truck floor. According to her older siblings, <clears throat> this sent Alfred into an out-of-control rage. He grabbed little Jacaron from her potty chair and threw her into the back bunk. Then he untied her and began beating her, including smashing her head a few times onto the dashboard of the truck. <clears throat> Robin claimed that as this incident began, that she was behind the curtains asleep and awoke to all the screaming that was going on. She said that she then got dressed and when she came up front, she saw little Jacaron on the passenger floorboard. She had a swollen and bruised face and she appeared like she was not breathing. Witnesses outside the truck said that they did not know what was going on inside the truck. However, the truck was shaking violently outside and they could hear screaming coming from the inside of the truck as Alfred was beating his daughter. The witnesses outside of the truck began hearing the screaming and decided that they would call 911. It was also at this time that Robin got out of the truck with little Jacaron's body in her arms, laid her down onto the concrete, and began CPR on her as Jacaron had lost complete consciousness. Alfred, hearing the sirens coming, decided to be a chicken and go to the back of his truck and pull the sleeper curtain shut. When the police arrived and asked him to step out of his truck, Alfred stepped out of his truck, looked at his daughter Jacaron's body on the concrete, and tried to act surprised like he had no idea how she got there or why she was injured. Please, seriously. He tried to play it off his daughter's condition by saying that she must have fallen out of the truck or something. 
Jacaren laid on the concrete with blood coming out of her mouth, her nose, her eyes, and her ears. Her little eyes were so swollen shut, and she had visible burn marks on the bottom of her feet. So obviously, the police were not buying his story and immediately took him into police custody. After speaking with both Robin and their children, they found out the events that had transpired over the last month and what had led to Jacaren being beaten so badly. So they decided to seek federal charges against him because this incident happened on a naval base. Little Jacaren sadly only lived a few more hours in the hospital before finally succumbing to her horrific injuries. The next day, the autopsy was performed, and the coroner who performed the autopsy said it was one of the worst abuse cases that he had ever seen on such a small child. The autopsy report read, in court, claimed that she had multiple bruising all over her body, bite marks on her legs, upper thighs, and back of her arms. She had burns to the bottom of her feet from a cigarette lighter. She had a one inch in diameter open cut on her foot. Internally, the doctor observed that almost all of her organs had been bruised or damaged. On her back, the doctor also noted around 18 whip marks on her back. She had up to eight healed scars and a hundred contusions and nine ulcerations. And sadly to report, they also did find semen in her anal canal, so she had also been repeatedly sexually abused as well. Little Jacaren had died due to her dad's horrific abuse, only a month after finally meeting him for the very first time. Let that sink in just a little bit. I do have to say, before little Jacaren did pass away, the doctors did keep her on life support long enough for Katrina to travel from Texas to get to the hospital so she could at least say goodbye to her little daughter, Jacaren. The poor baby who never even knew who, who never even knew that she had a father had to endure the last 30 days of her life with someone who should have loved her and nurtured her and instead abused and raped her. This is the saddest part of this horrific story, if you ask me. As Alfred was being held in prison awaiting trial, he laughed with his cellmate and others in prison about the time when he beat his young daughter, Jakirin, so badly with a plastic baseball bat that her head wound up looking like a watermelon because it became so swollen. Due to the nature of the murder and where the incident had taken place on a federal na naval base, the federal courts charged him with first-degree murder and abuse charges, and they decided that they were going to be seeking the death penalty. They said that they feared, due to the horrific natures of his crimes, they feared that if he was released, he would definitely be a repeat offender. His trial ultimately lasted for 12 weeks. During his trial, his defense attorneys tried to use his IQ as claims that he had diminished capacity and was unable to understand 
the horror of the crimes that he had committed. But a jury of 12 jurors did not buy that defense, and they found him guilty of all charges and sentenced him to death. On multiple occasions, he did try to appeal his charges by saying that the charges were vague and due to his low IQ scores that he shouldn't be held responsible for all of these charges. All of his appeals were denied. During President Trump's time of leaving the office, Alfred was brought up for his execution date so that he would be executed before President Trump left office. A few months before his execution, Alfred's surviving children did try to protest his upcoming execution with a campaign that they called Justice for Alfred, where they tried to argue that Alfred was not in his right mind when this incident occurred. They also tried to use his low IQ and his inability to be able to follow directions as his excuses for committing this horrific murder against little Jacaran. But on December 11th of 2022 was his execution date. For his last meal, he was able to order his last meal from Red Lobster. He ordered shrimp, shrimp alfredo, salad, and shrimp cocktail. And shortly before midnight, Alfred was executed. This case is so sad in so many ways. From the courts sending a child to be with a complete stranger the day after a court hearing, and then making her stay with him for seven weeks without any type of unification or time for him to get to know who she was or to the fact that Robin suspected that both her daughter and Jacaren were being abused both sexually and physically by her husband Alfred and yet she did nothing about it. There are so many times as someone, anyone, could have intervened to help save this child and no one did anything until it was too late. I want to thank you for listening to our show. Please be sure to click and follow to be notified when we release our next podcast and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to our podcast as it really helps us with our ratings so much. Be sure to join us next week for another great episode of Trucking True Crime Podcast. Be safe all my roadies. Thank you so much my true crime roadies for giving our podcast a listen we really appreciate you listening to our trucking true crime podcast if you enjoyed our podcast please be sure to visit our instagram page or our tiktok page also trucking true crime podcast and don't forget that you can visit our facebook page as well again trucking true crime podcast Be sure to like, share, and follow, and be sure to share out our podcast to all your friends. We'll be back here next week with another great episode. Thank you so much, my true crime roadies. Be safe out there.